All right, we are back. As promised, we are going to return to our good friend, Mr. Sean Minton. He's been a sportscaster and news reporter. He's worked in Seattle. He's worked with the Seattle Supersonics, the Seattle Mariners, and the Portland Trailblazers, among others. It's been high time you return to the program because we so appreciate the interesting perspective you bring to it. Well, once again, the pleasure is completely yours. <laughs> and we should mention that since you were on this program last, you have gotten married. Yes, I've gotten married to a lovely gal. Melissa is her name, and I don't want to say her last name because she's got a reputation around this town, and <laughs> I think we better just leave it at that. And, and I understand that our sound engineer, Mr. Edward McMillan, actually had something to do with this, uh, this joining. He'd like to think he did. There's a lot of people who have said that they've had a hand in this, but ultimately it was uh, myself, the Lord, Allah, Buddha, um, and every other nameless, faceless God I can think of. All right, but well, yes, he did. Actually, Doug, he had a lot to do with it. Well, good, good. He's engineering more than just radio, apparently. Although he blew off the wedding, but we'll get into that at another time. All right. Well, you want to talk about basketball. I don't really consider it to be a sport, but I know, you know, I'm in the minority among the listeners, undoubtedly, of this program. You'd be in so, the minority on a basketball court, too. Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, <laughs> that's another story. What's the deal with this guy, Kobe Bryant? Well, this this is going to soon play out to be probably not only the top news story of the year or the top sports story. This will eventually end up being the top news story, too. Think of this in terms of... Um, along the lines of an O.J. Simpson type thing. No. Yeah, not not in terms of a murder, in terms of the media coverage that this is going to receive. Really? And the fact that it's probably going to take probably the brightest single figure in the NBA right now and completely ruin his, not necessarily ruin his NBA career, but the millions and millions of dollars that he gets on top of the salary that he gets from the Lakers, from uh, Nike. He just signed a five-year, $40 million deal with Nike. He does Sprite commercials. He really is the golden child for the NBA. You know, hmm. rumored to be the guy who goes up to his hotel after a game versus going out with the guys. And hmm. and uh, earlier, a few weeks ago, he so was he's in, supposed to be a straight shooter. The even his his teammates, I mean, everybody to a fault says that this guy is truly one of the good guys in the NBA. All right, but yet the good, I, see, I don't know Kobe Bryant from Kobe Japan, but I mean, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you're here to explain all this to us. But but he's apparently, I understand from you, been charged with rape. Well, alleged, yeah. He has been charged. Basically, the story goes, the, the, the meat of the story is all fact. What we'll probably end up talking about is the speculation around the fact. What I can tell you in terms of factual information is Kobe Bryant was uh, in, in Colorado to get an operation on his knee or to do some rehab on his knee, staying at a very nice resort, got friendly with, uh, with one of the gals who's up front that you would you know, check in, say hello to. Apparently, they form somewhat of a friendly relationship. What is not in dispute is the fact that Kobe and this woman, whose name has not been released yet, and then they do the thing on the news where whenever they show a picture, you know, they put the little squares in there so right. you can't see who she is. Right. Uh, they had sex. Now, the question is, was it consensual sex, adultery? Kobe Bryant is married, by the way. He's yeah. 24. His wife is 21. They have a six-month-old child. Uh -huh. Was the sex consensual or was, was she raped? And... From what I understand, as of today, the latest on this situation is the alleged victim has what she describes as visible evidence that she was raped. I, I don't know what that means. I mean, I think I know what that means. I don't know if I want to say 
what I think I know what it means. Oh. I think you know what I'm thinking, that you think I know, you know I, that you think I know I what I mean. I don't know what you're thinking, and I don't even want to think about it. I don't care about this story. It's like Mike Tyson was accused of rape. There was a big brouhaha, and in the end, I guess, what was he was convicted. He, he went ended to jail. up spending three years in the slammer. It's just, that, but you got to remember, this is not Mike Tyson. This is a guy I mean, yeah, Mike Tyson's cr- the bad boy of boxing. Right. You expect and, bad behavior out of Mr. Mike Tyson. And that may have played a part in his eventually having to go to jail for three years because yeah. of the rape you are talking about again assumably one of the good guys not only yeah. in the nba but in sports does a lot of work he's got a foundation he does a lot of work with kids and again the nba has really tried to cultivate his image versus a guy like alan iverson who's a kind of a hip-hop rap swearing you know kind of a street tough type guy mm-hmm. kobe was brought up in a good family his dad was a former nba player mm-hmm. he's well educated he's well spoken and the nba was really pinning a lot of their future hopes on this is the image that we want to convey right. not the image of an Allen iverson or some of these other guys that are okay. getting into trouble all the time so that's why this this you expect this story to snowball it's huge and i you know i for for as intelligent as you say you are no i'm just kidding <laughs> it's it's all over the place and and until the, the trial probably won't start until the NBA season, meaning that Kobe may actually miss some games because he's going to be on trial. Or, you know, the reason of thought is, is she just doing this so she can get some money? Is she doing this to smear his name? Is she doing it for notoriety? It should be noted that this gal last year tried out for American Idol and didn't make the cut. Maybe this is a, a way for her to get some publicity somehow. Well, I don't know. I guess I guess this is going to be a big story. I, I don't, you know, I probably people in our listening audience care about it more than I do. I know that, you know, it, it's it's an odd one. Well, think about it. I mean, not only do you have the clean-cut guy who uh, admits to adultery, and and you, I is wish this the guy whose face you see in all these ads, like for Sprite ads. And Absolutely. Seven up, I, I, you know, I don't know one from another, but he's good lo- the, he's a good-looking guy. Okay. Again, very clean-cut, very right. well-spoken. And here's a guy who sat at a news conference at the Staples Center down in L.A holding his wife's hand, six-month-old baby off to the side, admitting he... Uh, admitting, strayed. Admitting he strayed, and of course she releases a statement about an hour later saying, I know he did wrong, I stand by my man. And of course, I'm sure she's just seeing the dollar signs. <laughs> but besides that aspect of it, you've got the black man forcing himself on the white woman. I mean, there's all there are all oh, kinds of... Oh, the receptionist of, is a white woman. Right. So we do we have the O. J. Simpson racial thing going. Yeah, and and he you know, he's got a crack he's got a crack team of lawyers behind him yeah. versus a couple of, you know, prosecutors who say that they have evidence that, you know, it's yeah. just kind of a cut and dry case. So hopefully in a month or two we can talk about this some more a lot of this is speculation i watch a lot of sports i i like espn and, and you know, they're all beating this thing to death yeah. it's going to calm down a little bit but it's going to pick itself back up as soon as the trial date is set uh and maybe by then the case will be settled maybe she just wanted a little notoriety yeah she'd been depressed the last couple of months she had broken up with her boyfriend she tried to get back together with him she came home. He was with another woman. She apparently tried to commit suicide with pills. Perhaps it was just a call. I, I'm just telling you, Doug, you can see the descending levels. Descending into the world of the tabloid. Yes. Before. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just if... if, if okay. He's well, gonna, we'll see what at happens. The, at the very minimum, he's going to lose millions of dollars in endorsements. I, I'm, I, I trust your instincts. If it's going to be a huge story, I'm sure the media will be, you know, be filled with this stuff, for better or worse. And I think probably mostly worse. But entirely worse. What am I thinking? But anyway, when you were on here last time, there was a, one of the Kings guys was in some trouble. 
Well, yeah, we talked Chris, a, Chris Weber. I talked a little bit about Chris Weber and some of the doings when he was at the University of Michigan. Uh, there was a booster there who apparently paid the Fab Five, which were these five freshmen that Michigan miraculously all managed to recruit all in the same year. <laughs> like the, like 15 of the top uh, freshmen in all the land all went to the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, four of the five... Perhaps there were some enticements there. Perhaps there were. <laughs> four of the five had admitted in front of a grand jury that, yes, this gentleman had given them money while they were there, anywhere between 10000 to hundreds of thousands of dollars for cars, tuition, you know, all that kind of stuff. Chris Weber was the only per. Of course, Chris was the most highly recruited of all five of them, probably the top prize in all the land when he was recruited. He was the only one of the group who would not confess to the fact that he took money from this booster. So, of course, he had to come back later. They had a, the, the district attorney in Michigan put some... put some information together and they decided to try him individually well between the time of the first trial or the confessions of the first time in this trial the gentleman who was the booster died apparently of natural causes (laughs) Uh at age at age 62 for Uh some reason so a lot of the evidence that uh, the prosecutors had in terms of you know this gentleman could verbally come in and say yes i gave him this much and this much and this Mm -hmm. much was thrown out the window so chris uh, agreed to a lesser charge and it was amazing how little play, I mean, and the Sacramento Bee, I think was on like page nine of the, the what's happening section or something <laughs> like that. It's very little play in the Sacramento area. And that's just the homerism of the city. I wow. mean, they, they love their kings and they don't want to make a big deal about it. And, and he's the man. But everywhere else, now this was a big deal, except in the hometown, because mm-hmm. nobody wants to upset little Chris Weber. Yeah. So went out with a, with a whimper, not a bang. Right. After the... Uh, uh, the news was announced. You know, Chris came out. He's got that great smile, and he just said, "Geez, you know, I'm glad it's over, and and I'm just happy to get this behind me." And uh, you know, he had just had some knee surgery. I want to concentrate on getting better. But it should have had a lot more play around here, and and huh. people around here just, you know, they want to stick their head in the sand, and they want to, you know, they don't want to hear of it because he's the local hero. Well, I remember talking to a guy that used to work for the Giants organization, and he was talking about some of the bad boys they had playing for the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> Apparently, these guys really were getting themselves into major hot water on a regular basis, and that's why they wound up getting traded. There was a, a guy when I, when I worked in Portland named Jermaine O'Neal, who now happens to be an all-star in the NBA. They, uh, they drafted him right out of high school, so he's 18. I had a friend at the district attorney's office who said every other week, the cops were over there busting up kegs that this guy was having. Uh-huh. So this stuff is going on all the time. It's just some of them get caught, some of them don't. It's very hard for anybody to believe, and I'm sorry to say this, Sacramento, that the top-rated recruit in all the land, playing at one of the top schools in all the land, on one of the top teams of all time, did not take a nickel from this guy. Very hard to believe. The figures they're throwing out, Doug, are a quarter of a million dollars. Now, why they couldn't go back and somehow, you know, where's the guy get the Hummer? Where does the guy, you know, uh-huh. they should have been able to track some of this information down. But when, you're, when your star witness suddenly just yeah. kicks it, there's really not much you can do about it. Quarter of a million bucks, huh? Yep. Well, we should quote the immortal uh, H.L. Mencken, I think, at this point, who said at one, at one time that, you know, it's pretty hard to believe somebody when you know that, You'd lie if you were in his place. Oh, absolutely. I would do that, too, for a quarter of a million dollars. I'll lie right now for five bucks. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some more bad boys in sports. There's an article in front of me here about uh, not your favorite sport, I know, but 
Mr. Sammy Sosa, Chicago Cubs slugger, was busted here using a corked bat recently. Now, physicists tell these players that <laughs> this is not going to get them the longer ball, and yet they're all doing. I think I think they know more than the physicists because a lot of these guys are doing this. There's been a lot of these episodes over the years. Yeah, the the, the bad thing about the corked bat is when you pop one of those things, there's no hiding that that's what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's pretty obvious when they do that. Yeah, you know, the. The, the cheating in baseball, well, the thing about the Sammy Sosa thing, and, and, and I kind of side with Sammy. He said that this is one of the bats that he, does bat, that he takes batting practice with. They went back and checked another 35 or 40 of his bats, did not find a single bat, another single bat with cork in it. Uh-huh. Now you can say, well, he was smart enough to only have one bat. Uh-huh. I have a tendency to, be, you know, to believe this guy a little bit. He has such a great image. Uh, he has such an enthusiasm for the game. And he's got he's got a ton of power. There's no reason for him to have to cork a bat. Well, I just you know I wonder. We should get a physicist on here and say whether the cork bat really they think it can really get, add feet to a, a long ball. I just I wonder. Well, it's a mental thing too. I mean, if you believe it, then it's true. It doesn't really matter what the physicists say. I guess so. That's the basis of most of the aphrodisiacs that are out on the market. <laughs> most of the thing. Oh, I better not go there. <laughs> most of those are false people. I'll just say that. <laughs> Now, uh, I have an article here from The Week magazine, dated July 11th, which I've, I've learned to enjoy very much. It was an article on this, inspired by the Sammy Sosa thing, about baseball's cheating heart. They talk about the fact that cheating, since, since they've been playing baseball, cheating has been a part of baseball. And they mention the fact that uh, Greg Nettles in the, in the Yankees in 1974, he cracked a bat while hitting a single and out popped Six Super Bowls. <laughs> that was a, that's what they did in the seventies to to get a extra, little extra bite on their bats. Yeah, yeah. we progressed since then. <laughs> Apparently, uh, John McGraw. Of course, this is if you saw the Ken Burns baseball special. They, the, the, I think half the early stuff was talking about some of these colorful characters that were playing the game of baseball and how John McGraw would you know grab runners by the belt so they couldn't advance down the base path. And so one guy loosened the belt, and when the ball was hit, he took off for second and left McGraw holding his belt. <laughs> That game probably was not televised. These days, that would that would actually that would actually be pretty funny to see. ESPN would probably replay that like sixty times. Yeah, that'd be the highlight highlight film. Cheating is in baseball. I, there, you know, you and I were talking a little earlier about when Gaylord Perry was pitching with the Mariners. Well, and the, the, the file fell out yeah, of his sp- back pocket. Yeah. And, you know, if you're on second base as a runner, you're always trying to steal the signals from the catcher. I mean, it's just it's it's just. You know, it's just a it's a part of the game in basketball. Uh, I know there were there are players uh, back in the day that would they would hold on to shorts. Some of the some of the older players who couldn't get up and down the court so quickly, uh, instead of having to get caught behind on a fast break, they'd just grab the guy's shorts, slow him down a little bit, and race him up the court. Yeah, I didn't know this until I read the article. The spitter was legal in baseball in the early days. I didn't know that. The spitter was legal up till 1920 when they decided they banned him, which is. Perhaps not coincidentally, the moment that Babe Ruth arrives in the scene, starts hitting, towering, you know, he goes from like what the record was like 13 homers to like 54 or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, hitters could hit because they weren't having to face spitters with every pitcher. Yeah, but the, back in the 70s and 80s, they had to face Vaseline. And, and there's all kinds of great stories that, that circulate about what these guys used to put underneath their hats and what they used to put in their back pockets. And I'm sure it's still done today. But with so many cameras and so much media attention, it is just a lot harder to to get away with that stuff today. You think they still are? I mean, they still are, aren't they? Absolutely, they yeah. still I mean, you see just, guys with cork bats all the time. It's, but I mean spitters and things. Um, 
That's hard to say. I mean, I don't watch enough baseball. I wouldn't know what uh, what action to look for. You know, yeah. they don't allow pitchers to go to their hands anymore unless it's cold out. Sometimes they can blow on their hands. Oh, but really? But if a pitcher goes to his, anywhere near his face now, they, they'll they'll get on him about that. Oh, wow. Absolutely. But I understand you can get the same effect by scuffing a ball. You can yeah, scuff it on. That's why the file. That's where a file. Yeah. Or if you have a ring with a diamond on it, that's uh-huh. a good way to scuff up a ball. There's all kinds of good ways to do that. I'll be darned. Well, you Giants fans should take note. I think, did we talk about this last year? The, the, I, this was in the news media. The Giants, the, the famous 51 Giants coming from 13 and a half games behind to catch the Dodgers. Bobby Thompson, the shot heard around the world. They go and they because they get tromped by the Yankees in the World <laughs> Series, which kind of took a little of the, uh, the bloom off the rose. But it's this great comeback, and it was revealed, I guess, last year that... Uh, they cheated. They stole the signal, I think. Uh, they put it, it. They put a telescope in the outfield, and they rigged up a, a signal to where they could they could then relay what the signals were from the from the from the uh, catcher to the to the pitcher, clue the batters to what was coming, and then they knew. So that that's the, their amazing win streak had something to do with the fact that there was a telescope out there cheating. Well, you think of the think of the technology now. I mean, with the technology that people have now, you could do something like that. Put a teeny, teeny, tiny earpiece in a batter's ear yeah. that no one would ever detect, yeah. and just have some guy go fastball inside. They don't do that. At least I don't think they do. I mean, especially with batting averages where they are now. Yeah. But I mean, with the technology now, they could take a they could take a serious chunk of fun out of the sport. Yeah, well, on that very note, you know, in the game that decided that pennant, that Bobby Thompson home run, they asked him, you know, whether uh, 50 years later, whether he'd been tipped off to what Ralph Branca was pitching, and he offered a rather unconvincing response. I'd have to say no more than yes. (laughs) Shades of Johnny Cochran. Well, Sean Minton, thanks for coming back. It's been interesting, as it always is with you here, talking sports and life. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, everybody, don't forget to check out (laughs) RadioParallax.com. Well, thank you for the plug. You've been listening to KDVS 90.3 FM. This is Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Let's take a short break. And let's say, Sean, do you know this this, this great tune from Damn Yankees? It's fine betting music. Would you like me to sing for you? No, but let's just go with it. (laughs) 